0: Thank you. Good morning. How are you? See all my friends? Um, I'm really excited to talk to you this morning about um, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Before we do that, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to be here with these precious women. Lord, would you please open hearts to hear your truth. Please use me to share your word in a way that only you will be able to change lives in a supernatural way. Draw us close, Lord. Overwhelm us with your presence. And may the words of my lips and the desires of my heart glorify you. Amen. So it's funny because um, I named this talk, um, finding peace in each pair. So we're going to talk about just um, how to find peace in each pair and using kind of representing our everyday shoes, our sneakers, our heels, and even our slippers. So we're going to walk through kind of each part of our life broken up. And I know for each of those that they look different. I know that um, my everyday shoes look a lot different than most people's. I get teased a lot because if you know me, I always have on some kind of heel. Today, um, I have on a heel, but I'm cheating because the top of my boot has a little platform, so it looks a lot higher than it is. I normally all, I'm always wear wedges. Even my daughter would tell you I'm um, at home. That's the case. My flip-flops all w- have a wedge, and even my slippers have a wedge. Um, it's true. And there are a couple reasons for that. Number one is I'm a shorty. And so it makes me feel taller and long, you know, thinner, and um, it just makes me feel better. But the second is I have heel pain in my right foot, so it's not all for, for aesthetic reasons. But um, it's just fitting that I would be talking about shoes. My, my, my daughter, who's almost 13, said, Mom, did you pick the topic of shoes? And I was like, well, sweetie, we're, you know, talking about the armor of God. And so it sort of picked me. But um, she said, that's just so funny. Because people always talk about your shoes. And so, um, but then I thought about, some even use the description of shoes when they refer to Jesus. And I'll, um, like, for example, in um, 1 John, John chapter 1, verse 27, he says, He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. So when we look at the attributes of God, it gives us a more fitting and detailed description of who he really is. Every attribute of God is itself a description of him. And think through, the, think through these with me as we think about some of, the, some of the titles our creator is referred to. He's referred to as the God of power. He's referred to as the God of justice, the God of wisdom, the God of love. God may then sometimes be thought of as the God of wrath and other times as the God of mercy. And because benefits extend to us from our Heavenly Father, which reveal his gracious character, we may also think of him as the God of light, the God of truth, the God of all grace, in addition to the God of peace. Like all of his blessings, peace with God is made possible by obedience. So let's kind of hang on to that theme. Peace with God is made possible through obedience. In Romans five verse one, Paul teaches that peace with God comes through his dearly beloved Son. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. So what does that look like in, what does that look like in real life? How do we actually find and choose peace in each aspect of our life? So the first thing I want to do is kind of break this down by our everyday shoes. And when we talk about our everyday shoes, I wanted to bring mine. And I know some of you that see me a lot would agree to this. I wear a pair of they're Dr. Scholl's, but they're super cute, little tan wedges. I don't really like to say the Dr. Scholl's part, but I literally picked up one to bring to to show today. And then I noticed it had a crack in the I've worn them so much, they're literally cracked and i've wondered why they were squeaking. So now that that is solved, i've worn them so much, my second pair of these that they're squeaking. But these everyday shoes, think of your what, you, what your everyday shoes look like and just for a moment go with me and pretend that these are going to represent just the current season that life has us in. So think about just your current season as i think about the different seasons of life represented in this room. I thought about all the places the Lord might have us. I thought of single friends that might be here. I thought of married friends. I thought of married friends with challenging marriages. I thought of stay-at-home moms. I thought of stay-at-home moms with strong-willed kids. Does anybody know anything about that? I thought of mothers of children with special needs. I thought of successful working women among this group. I thought of working women balancing many, many things I thought of caretakers of aging parents or loved ones. I thought of loving grandmothers and the huge impact they have on their grandchildren's life, many of whom are in this program. I thought of mentors and the way even some are a mentor to me and so many. I thought of um, friends, just what great friends you are. I thought of cancer survivors. I thought of women battling sickness currently. But most of all, I think of... The women in this room being women that are changing the world for Christ. While all of our circumstances and everyday shoes might look a little different, God's word is applicable to all of us in the very same way. So I want to start by taking a look at John 16, verses 21 and 22. And I loved that the sermon so at Providence this weekend that um, Brian Frost shared it so perfectly Was the preamble for this? I'm sure the Lord had all of that planned. But um let me just start with you with um, verses twenty-one. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain, because her hour has come, but when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. In some context, I'll paraphrase. (laughs) Because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, You too have grief now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. This is such a powerful analogy. In this um, scripture just before, Jesus had told the disciples that he would be with them only a little longer and encourage them not to mourn. Now he points to the time that in the future when their grief would be turned to joy. Do any of you have a theme word for the year? One of the girls in my small group, it's been over a decade ago in my lamb small group, um, shared this idea with our group. And each year, she sort of has a theme word for the year. And um, it really inspired me. And so I've had, uh, I guess, probably for the last five or six years, I've had a theme word. And I've really tried to stay focused on that. and And the Lord has really been very specific with me about how he's used that word in my life. Well, this year, my word is eternal. And so I find, sadly, I find myself um, getting getting just misguided by sometimes big things, but mostly just little things that just don't have a lot of eternal consequence that can be upsetting and frustrating and really take away my joy and my peace. And the outcome was always that lack of joy and lack of peace i want to flip that illustration around and i want to ask you what's the last thing big or small that really upset you and had you frustrated think about that for a moment could have been this morning driving in um could have been just something little something big well the first thing that came to my mind when i was writing this and it's silly but i'm going to be completely honest was an outfit that my son had worn for maybe, it seemed like three minutes, and was thrown in the dirty bin. So it is, I find myself, this will tell you a lot about my personality, I love empty laundry baskets, but they don't last, I mean like if I can just, just until they get home from school, I love empty laundry baskets. So I find myself washing and washing and washing, but if I stay focused on that laundry basket that is very rarely empty, I can just feel overwhelmed. And it's a silly thing, but it can really be a big thing in my life. If I focus on the blessing of having children to wash clothes for, it's a game changer. I can easily find peace and joy in this season of life. So that may be a silly illustration, but I want you to apply that to wherever the Lord has you and really think, what is that little thing or even the big thing? causing frustration and causing just even having a big impact on your joy and your peace. And I would ask you to try to flip that illustration around and see if you can find something in that to find gratitude, no matter where your season of life is. And I do recognize that a lot of us are in very, very hard places. And in those moments, I've been there. It can be difficult to find gratitude, but I do encourage you to try your best to take that little thing, start with something little and flip it around to find something to find gratitude in. So as I think about this and in all of our seasons of life and how we can really apply God's truths to our life, I think about a few applications. So no matter where the Lord has you, I would encourage us all to remember that this too shall pass. So this Sometimes this can be a good thing, but sometimes um, it's just a reminder to enjoy the season, because while the days can be long, the years are short. And my mother, t- my mother tells me that there will be a day when I miss that big basket of dirty laundry. It's hard to believe, but I, she's never led me astray. So I am believing that there, this is a season that I, w- I truly want to enjoy, because it won't always be here. The second thing is um, I want you to all know that you are not alone. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes there may be something that we're struggling with all alone. But I want you to know that the Lord cares. In fact, um, in fact, we'll talk about this later in the lecture. But he commands us to cast all of our anxieties on him because he cares for us. So we, we talked about this in the leaders meeting this morning. We want to be an extension of the Lord's love and grace. So share with someone in your small group. Share with someone in your family. Share with me. Share just with someone because you're not alone. And if nothing else, when it's when you're in a tough place to be able to see, let someone else have the blessing of praying for you. So and we can all just point each other back to Jesus. And then the third application is that John 16 reminds, reminds us, just as the scripture we read earlier, let's stay focused on that time when our hearts will rejoice. And our joy cannot be taken away. And that's where we're going to be forever if we know Christ. I also was reminded from Romans 8.18, present sufferings, no matter how bad it is, are not comparable with the glory that's going to be revealed to us when we're with Jesus. So not even comparable, and that's a promise from Jesus. So now let's switch gears and let's um, talk about our sneakers, or as Priscilla calls them, and I love this, our go shoes. Um, and I don't want you to just think about working out, because that um, that's a little misleading in this analogy. For this analogy, I want us to think about um, our sneakers as our callings. Where is the Lord saying, as Priscilla said, march on? What is it that he's calling you to do? And I want to... Um, share from Romans 12 verses 6 through 10 and I'm going to start with the ESV but then I'm going to move to the message translation and I really really love this and I want you to receive it having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith if service in our serving the one who teaches in his teaching the one who exhorts in his exhortation the one who contributes in generosity the one who leads with zeal the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Let love one another with brotherly affection. And I love this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Then I also want to share with you the message translation of the scripture. And just listen with me because I think this is also very empowering. Let's go ahead and be what we were made to be. Let's go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help, don't take over. If you teach, stick with your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. Love that. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. And this is so good. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. And practice playing second fiddle. Isn't that an awesome translation? The difference in the distribution of gifts is all due to the grace that is given to us. Spiritual gifts are not given on the basis of merit, but because God chooses to give them. The idea is related to the ancient Greek word for spiritual gifts, charismata, which means a gift of grace. The term was used by Paul to emphasize that the giving of these spiritual gifts was all out of grace. Spiritual gifts are given at the discretion of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. What is he calling you to do with the gifts he's given to you? Are you trying to do it on your own or walking in your gifting? with dependence, joy, and peace. So what is he calling you to do with the gifts he's given you? And are you trying to do it again, walking in your gifting with dependence on him, joy, and peace? A few applications, no matter what it is that he's calling you to, and it's different for all of us. Let's be who we were made to be while remembering that God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. Don't wait until you feel equipped, or we might always find ourselves waiting. I can promise you I would not be standing here if I waited until I felt equipped, because it hasn't happened yet, and I've been doing this for a while now. And I think, um, as I was telling these ladies, it, I still feel naked. But the last thing I said when I was walking out of the prayer suite is, Lord, I need you. And he's never let me down. And then secondly, let's be good friends who love God deeply, others deeply, and ourselves deeply. Ladies, let's put the ghost shoes to work by claiming the God-given gifts that he's given us and taking action. The next um, illustration in in, uh, what I want to talk about is heels. And I was thinking about heels, and sometimes when I wear them, like, regular heels, not, not like these. My peace and joy is taken away just from the pain of the shoes. <laughs> but I am convinced that we can find peace in those moments when we wear our heels. And I was thinking, where, where do we wear heels? We don't quite wear them. I think dressing up is becoming less common. But I was thinking we wear them to celebrations. We wear them to weddings. We wear them to funerals. So in times of sadness, at times. And we also sometimes wear them to worship. So in thinking about the seasons and the moments of our life that that Heels may represent, the point is finding the joy and the peace in all of these moments can require a change in perspective. And I shared this at the leaders meeting this morning. But I had a moment with my uh, soon-to-be 13-year-old daughter this past week where um, I was with her and some things were heavy on her heart. And by her own choosing, she told she chose to... To just pray, she just said, "Mom, can can we just pray?" And so um, I loved that, and I was so grateful. And I noticed, in, when she prayed, she just went, she just took that need straight to the Lord, um, which is a beautiful thing, and again, something we're commanded to do. But I suggested to her that after the prayer, I said, "Something that's helpful to mommy is that start by just giving thanks, praising God for who He is, putting Him in His rightful place. There's always something just to thank Him for." So even when it's hard and it feels consuming of whatever it, you're going through, and middle school can, can have its, relatively speaking, challenges, but it, um, it, it's a perspective changer for, for me personally. Give it a try sometime. When you're heavy and the Lord desires for you to truly cast all your burdens on him, try beginning with gratitude, and, and truly you can feel the heart shift. And I want to reference Psalm 30, um, verse 11. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I I will praise you forever. Many people, including myself, get lost in their sorrow so that it encompasses their whole life. Yet for those who put their hope in Christ, even in the seasons of sorrow, The Lord's faithfulness is demonstrated with a believer's renewed joy in spirit. For those who know Christ, there will be days of rejoicing again because the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy isn't like happiness, which is based upon circumstances or whether things are going well or not. No, joy can remain even amidst suffering. Have you seen someone that was experiencing great suffering but had joy? Joy is not happiness. Joy is an emotion that's acquired by the anticipation, acquisition, or even the expectation of something great and wonderful. And those of us that know the Lord, don't we have that? Don't we have that something we can be expectant and just great and wonderful to look forward to? It could be described as exhilaration, delight, sheer gladness, and can result from a great success or a very beautiful or wonderful experience like a wedding or graduation. The world's definition is not nearly as amazing as biblical joy, but joy is also a gift. Paul mentioned some, some of, the fruits of the fruit of the Spirit that we talked about in our lesson. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. I know the song's ringing in a lot of our heads. Many others, um, for joy, for many others, joy is one of the fruits or the results of having indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You can't fake joy. You either have it or you don't. And the same goes for peace. Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica that for you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, indicating that joy is associated with the Holy Spirit and that righteousness and peace and joy is the Holy Spirit and finds its source in God and he is with us and in us. It's difficult to feel sad when you're giving thanks to God. We talked about that from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16-18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks to all in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's also difficult to get wrapped up in our own problems when we are focused on God's will. We were reminded of a familiar verse from Isaiah twenty six. You keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Whoever has their mind stayed on God. He promises to keep them in perfect peace. Trust and faith are the opposite of doubt and fear. Which do you choose in challenging times? Trust and faith or doubt and fear? And what quickly I want to talk about from Nehemiah twelve twenty seven at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem. The Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. The primary purpose of the celebration was to dedicate the wall to God. This dedication was done by bringing in worshipers, walking around the wall, and offering sacrifices to God. We have many many dedications and celebrations today. Baby dedications, weddings, which are the formal dedication of couples, both to one another and to God. We also have dedications of buildings, companies, where all things are offered to the Lord. Dedications are just special ceremonies when we picture what we practice every day in our lives. It's clear from Scripture that celebration is a spiritual discipline that God desires for us to practice. It was never his will for Christians to live dry, boring lives. And that's why we see celebrations both commanded and practiced throughout the Bible. Scripture says that Christ came so that we may have life and have life more abundantly. That's from John 10, 10. The abundant life includes celebration. So a few applications. Let's choose gratitude. It's difficult to feel, to feel sad when you're giving thanks to God. Choose to trust. Choose to trust and faith. The opposite of doubt and fear. And I have to remind myself of that. Um, but truly, being a worrier, this is life-changing for me. I want to choose, choose to trust him and choose to have faith. Because that's a gift from him. And let's choose to celebrate and have true joy. And lastly, and maybe best of all, the slippers, the bedroom slippers. Don't we all look forward to that part of the day where we can put on our PJs and put on our slippers? Finding peace and rest. Rest is defined as peace, ease, or refreshment. Relax means to become loose or less firm or to have milder manner, to be less stiff. The Bible speaks quite highly of Rest. It's a repeated theme throughout Scripture, beginning with the creation week. God created for six days, then he rested, not because he was tired, but he was setting the standard for mankind. The Ten Commandments made resting on the Sabbath a requirement. Notice that God said, remember the Sabbath. It wasn't something new. It had been around since creation. All God's people and their servants and the animals were to have one day in seven to rest. God desires rest for us. Because it doesn't always come naturally to us. To rest, I love this, we have to trust that God will take care of things. Think about that. To rest, to truly rest, we can stay up all night and worry, but we can choose to rest and to trust him to take care of things. From the beginning, when we decided that we would start making all the decisions, mankind had become more tense and less able to relax It was really disobedience in the garden that started the problem. But but obedience now will bring the rest that God so desires for us. For the Christian, ultimate rest is found in Christ. He invites all who are weary and burdened to come to him and cast our cares on him. It is only in him that we find complete rest. From the cares of the worlds, from the sorrows that plague us, and from the need to work to make ourselves acceptable to him or to think we can make ourselves acceptable to him. In him and through him, we find complete rest from trying to do things on our own. So a few applications. When we talked about that definition of relaxing to become loose or less firm, let's relax the grip on our own lives and choose to trust him fully. Let's trust that God will take care of things. All the worrying we do at night is really choosing not to trust it. Trust him. And lastly, as we've talked about, I remember when, when my daughter was younger and, and was a real worrier, we would literally get out our fishing poles and cast, truly physically cast, all of her little worries on him and reminding both of, both of us about how much he cares for us. So no matter what shoes you're wearing, let 's remember the portrait of peace that Priscilla gave us in the skydiving analogy. I love this. We are safely tethered to someone that knows exactly what he 's doing and Although I would never, ever ever jump out of a plane and skydive <laughs> we are we are tethered to the real expert that knows what he 's doing, and may we choose peace in that and If you would close with me, this is a prayer written by Priscilla barlow jordan that i've adapted for us but i found i just found this perfect and i hope it blesses you and and let's all claim this as we pray oh lord sometimes our insides feel like a battle zone where missiles are falling too close to home other times we're caught in an endless storm with thoughts flying out of control confusion reigns and defeat creeps in to steal our joy we need your peace the deep down in your heart kind that stays with us day and night and speaks confidently into the wind. Calm our anxious spirit, Lord. All the attacking, the if-onlys, the what-ifs, fill us with needless worry. We know that trust is a big part of experiencing peace and that fear has no place in our lives. Most of the things we worry about or dread don't even happen. So we are declaring our trust in you. We are releasing the reins of our lives again and asking you to take control. We may need to pray this same prayer daily, but we are tired of the frenzy of life that leaves our schedule and our thoughts without any margin. We need more of you, Lord, and less of ourselves. We surrender and admit we can't control people, plans, or even all the circumstances, but we can yield those things to you and focus on your goodness. Thank you for today, for every good gift you've given, every blessing you've sent, all the forgiveness we did not deserve. And yes, even for every trial you've allowed in our lives, you bring good out of every circumstances if we'll only let go and believe. We know that when we pray and give thanks instead of worrying, you have promised that we can experience the kind of peace that passes all understanding. That's your kind of peace, Lord, and it's the kind we crave. Whenever we're anxious, stressed, or afraid, help us remember to run to you. You're the only one that can calm our fears. Whether in trivial or heavy matters, we know you will not only give us peace, Lord, you will be our peace. And when we draw close to you in prayer, in reading your word, in helping another, in taking our minds off of ourselves, you will be there up close and personal. We can't handle these things alone, Lord. Will you speak peace and calm our storm or hold our hands while we walk through them together? Will you bring the reassuring wisdom of all those who have come through similar times and and to our lives? Thank you, Lord. We are trusting you. In the name of the one who makes the wind and the waves stand still. Amen. Thank you.